Pacers uh, president joins us right now, uh, talking about ETFs. Uh, Sean O'Hara joins us uh, with a look at what's going on in the markets. And, and, and Sean, we were just talking about uh, ETFs as a sort of uh, a byproduct of the crash going back into the 80s. And I wonder, when you sort of look at the long history of the ETFs, um, where do you see the state of the industry right here? We, we've seen so much uh, um, creation of new ETFs, but a lot of them barely being used. It's a great time for investors. Uh, there's a revolution going on uh, in the asset management business, and the ETFs are at the forefront of that res- uh, revolution. And I think it's uh, it's a good thing for the retail investor uh, who's benefiting, I think, the most today from the from the creation of and the creativity that's gone into creating uh, ETFs. It's a terrific time in the business. Um, talk to us too about in terms of flows, what kind of uh, momentum you guys are seeing, and where specifically. Well, first off, Carol, uh, congratulations. I saw on your LinkedIn profile, 18 years with Bloomberg, so yes. great job there. Thank awesome you. for you. Uh, our, our, we've had a pretty good year so far this year at Pacer ETS. I think, uh, it, it, with any luck at all, we'll more than double our assets and our management. Most of what we're doing at Pacer ETFs is a little bit different than where the bulk of the business is. The bulk of the business is in what we call low-cost beta, and that's mm-hmm. controlled by, like, you know, 80% of it's controlled by three big players. So we're, you know, we're sort of trying to find a little niche for ourselves, if you will, as an issuer of ETFs, and we focus on strategies. So we've got some trend-following strategies and some cash cows, and we try to do different things with an end user or a client's problem in mind. Yeah, and I should mention Carol did join before the prohibition on hiring 10-year-olds at Bloomberg. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's no longer... I grew way. up here at Bloomberg. I'm just we saying. now draw the line at 12, apparently. Um, uh, which is not a reference to the maturity of my colleagues. Uh, when, when, uh, but to that point of maturity, who, who are the people who are getting involved more and more in ETFs? Um, what, what does the client base look like, both for Pacer and then and beyond? Our business at Pacer is focused ext- uh, almost 100% on the retail investor and then almost 100% on the retail investor who accesses their financial information and advice through financial advisors. And that's where we spend the bulk of our time. I know some of the other players are in the direct-to-consumer business, and there's a big business there to be had as well. Um, but for, for Pacer, the, what we focus on is, is retail advisors. We believe in the value of advice, and we focus all of our attention there. Let's talk about specific names, because there are a couple companies uh, that you find interesting right now. And I want to go right to Microsoft, because they report earnings uh, later in the week here. What is it about Microsoft that you think is interesting? Well, Microsoft winds up in our cash cow series. We screen mm-hmm. for free cash flow yield. So Microsoft as an entity you know, generates a huge amount of free cash flow and has a very high free cash flow yield relative to the overall benchmark, which we believe at Pacer is a great indicator of potential future growth. But the other thing that free cash flow and free cash flow yield does is it puts a company in a position where they can raise their dividends. And, and Microsoft just announced that they're raising their dividend about 10% from $0.39 cents a share to $0.42 cents a share. So we love a company like Microsoft as a part of our cash cow series because of the free cash flow yield that they generate. Yeah, your cash cow ETF to Pacer Global Cash Cows. Uh, this is the dividend ETF? It currently has a dividend. Yeah. Uh, it's about 4% right now. Um, that's a global basket of 100 stocks, all screened for high free cash flow yield. And uh, it's been a you know pretty good performer year to date. For those people in the, you know, like the U.S. markets, uh, Everybody's talking about you know valuation levels and so forth. Um, there are there are definitely opportunities to shift a little money overseas today and pay lower prices and find stocks that have higher dividends. 
It's interesting, too. Uh, uh, it takes you a little bit away from growth when you're looking at that uh, in terms of just sort of share price appreciation. Well, you know, it's interesting about, uh, in particular, cash cows, uh, the G-cow story that you talked about. Mm. Uh, it is It has a dividend component to it. Right. One of the things we've seen in the market is that with all of the folks sort of chasing yield, the two sectors of the market we think might be the most overvalued today are utilities and consumer staples because they tend to have high dividends. And so people are bidding those up. We're underweight those sectors in GCAT and, and overweight infotech, telecom, and healthcare. So if you want to diversify your dividend strategy, there's a way to do it via GCAL. I don't see General Electric in there. General Electric doesn't have a high enough free cash flow yield to screen in. Mm -hmm. uh, if the stock keeps going down, it may ultimately screen in. You know, the, the interesting thing about free cash flow yield is yeah. just the free cash flow a company generates divided by its <laughs> enterprise value. So stocks go down low enough, even though they have solid business models, they may screen into our ETF down the road. Yeah, that yield looks better and better with the stock collapsing. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, talk to us a little bit about Applied Materials, AMAT. They're going to report uh, December 16th, but that is uh, a name that you like, too. Same, same basic story as, uh, mm -hmm. as um, Microsoft, huge free cash flow. And so when you look at you know, anybody that's in the, the semiconductor or chip business or involved in technology, especially those big sort of broad operators that have a wide moat around what they do and generate a lot of cash, um, we like those kinds of names in the cash cows. Um, and in terms of screening for those cash cows, I mean, do you look at the sort of a big part of that is debt, of course, and do you, does, the, does the ETF itself start to perform sort of tests on what type of debt we're talking about, whether it's a revolver or it's long-term debt or just lump it all together? It's a, it's a very straightforward calculation with regard to how we screen. We take a look at the free cash flow a company generates and divide it by their enterprise value, and enterprise value is market cap plus debt of all kinds minus the amount of cash they have on their balance sheet. So the the way we look at it is that, you know, free cash flow is a great thing to look at as far as a company is concerned. But if you don't take a look at how much debt a company has, they might not be able to service uh, that debt, even though they have a high free cash flow. The best short-term example of, of, of a sector that has gone through this change would be energy. We're way underweight energy in all of the cash cows that we currently operate because oil is $50 a barrel. And if oil went back to, say, 70 or $80 a barrel, they would generate a lot more cash. Right. And our free cash flow yields would go up. And we probably, just by the way our screen works, we probably would rotate back into energy according to our formula. Sean, thank you so much. Nice to uh, check in with you today. Sean O'Hara, president at Pacer ETFs, on the phone from Philadelphia, $1.2 in assets under management.